1: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: 503 Jeff Katz News Radio WRVA. It is Tuesday afternoon. You know, the uh, General Assembly is back. There are a lot of issues that need to be addressed. Jason Villares, the Attorney General, has uh, has a legislative agenda. I mean, some pretty, pretty interesting and important items on it. I'm very happy to say that the Attorney General is joining us. Jason, thank you for being here.
3: Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Great to be with you.
2: Absolutely. The pleasure is always mine. Let's let's dive right into some of these uh, legislative agenda items. What do you see as paramount that needs to be addressed?
3: Well, I mean, listen, I think, you know, you have to go in recognizing that we have divided government. So uh, Benjamin Franklin once noted politics is the art of the possible. And so one thing that we're kind of zeroing in are things that should be common sense that everybody can together and and support one of which is uh, you know the fight against human trafficking it's the world's second largest criminal enterprise about 150 billion dollars a year partially because of the chaos of our border partly because of the addiction crisis has led to an explosion of what's called familial trafficking people that are so dealing with their addiction they will traffic their own son daughter or sibling uh, but it's a huge problem so we have a host of legislation we're pushing we also recognize uh, that Virginia needed to reform its labor trafficking, anti human trafficking labor laws. Uh, about 60% of human trafficking is for sex, but about 40% is for labor. And we, we want to bring us in line with what other states, what the federal government is. Um, uh, there was a human trafficking ring that was broken up, uh, in Williamsburg last year, and the case had to be brought in federal court because the Virginia laws weren't, weren't strong enough. So we want to, uh, make sure that that is strengthened. We want to go after the buyers and want to enhance the penalties against those that are trafficking, particularly in, in minors. We want to get it clear in Virginia Code um, uh, that uh, trafficking in minors, trafficking in youth, is a violent crime. That's something carried by uh, Delegate Mike Cherry, and uh, we're proud to be able to work with them. And a lot of this has, you know, Democrat co patrons, and we're excited about that. Public safety is a huge part of of our office and what we do, and so we're going to be focusing a lot on those type of issues, as well as, as, uh, unfortunately, half of the way you measure success in a legislative body is also not just the bills that you get passed, but the bills that you work against from being passed, so we're going to be doing some of that as well.
2: Tell me a little bit about this uh, measure that uh, Mike Cherry is carrying. You just referenced it about... uh, Child sex trafficking right now is not considered to be a, a violent offense. Is, is that what I'm understanding?
3: Yeah, I mean the way we have it in Virginia, um, obviously we think of violent offenses, we think of a, you know a malicious wounding, armed robbery, but the, the entire nature of a, of a human trafficker's relationship with their minor is by its nature violence. Yes. Uh, you're using the, both the threat of violence and coercion to coerce them into their um, illicit sex or labor. So we want to make sure that that is absolutely codified. It demonstrates our commitment to protecting our youth and also telling those that are exploiting our young people they face the absolute severest of consequences. Um, it also creates a, a set of enhanced penalties as well when it comes to our sentencing guidelines. So we want to make sure that that is, that is put in the code. And also that's part of what happens is you're looking at constant improvement, constant refinement. That's something we realized needed to be done, and we're, we're, um, we're proud to help uh, lend a hand, and, and we commend Delegate Cherry for helping to lead the effort.
2: In that same vein, I'm looking at part of the, uh, the legislative agenda that you have removes the burden of proof from innocent victims of sexual assault uh, to minors so that they can access Virginia victims' fund assistance in a in a quicker manner now i'm looking at that and i'm thinking there can't possibly be anybody on any side of the aisle that is against that am i please tell me I'm right. no i think i
3: think that's one that's going to pass with broad support i mean i would say okay. that probably 70 80 of the legislation that passes the general assembly is is passed with wide bipartisan support um sometimes oftentimes it's unanimous it is you know the twenty percent that gets a lot of the media headlines and the media coverage, obviously. But there's a whole host of things that that we can agree on. Now that twenty percent is pretty darn important, yeah, and deals with some big issues. And sometimes it's the you know looking at different you know world view. I mean, I'm very hopeful. Uh, one of our top a- efforts is the governor's desire, long time, to actually get be able to charge uh, uh, drug traffickers dr- drug traffickers with felony homicide that. Mm-hmm. Have uh, you spent all the, the poison our kids? It's something that I was a uh, helped carry the bill when I was in the House of Delegates. It, it passed with bipartisan support. Ralph Northam vetoed it. It mm. died last the last two years on party line votes. Jesus. You know, in the state of the Commonwealth, the governor did have some Democrats on that side of the aisle get up and applaud him when he brought this issue up. Yep. Um, and sometimes I what it takes, It takes multiple times. I mean, the numbers that are coming across. My desk and, and so many elected officials on, on our addiction crisis is unlike anything we've ever seen. A lot of it has to do with the border. A lot of it has to do with what we've gone through with post-COVID, with all the social isolation. But um, that is one of the great, great challenges we're seeing in the Commonwealth is our addiction crisis. Uh,
2: Attorney General Jason Mejiares is joining us. Jason, one of the other things that uh, really jumped out to me was this uh, measure that would change... Uh, the sorts of uh, ways that people could ask for release uh, to the parole board because they're geriatric prisoners, right? They, you're expanding the list of offenses. Tell us a little bit about that, because that, that entire parole board, as we know, uh, during the uh, the last gubernatorial administration, was an absolute abomination.
3: Yeah, it was, a, it was a nightmare. I mean, I was glad, so proud of the work that our office did getting to the truth of, of uh, what had happened it was a complete, complete breakdown of, of the, just the basics of good governments where they were not communicating um, uh, with, with victims. But listen, it is, it is difficult if you talk to the victims with the parole board of having to relive this horrific moment in their life in order to make sure um, that, that the person that has brought them unimaginable pain and anguish is not let out. And um, it is really, really difficult. In the bad old days of the George Allen, uh they had to testify every year um of uh, every year they would get a notice and you would talk to these victims and it mm. it was just so um it, it was just so difficult for the victims having to relive this and so you know this is something being cared by uh uh, uh jason ballard a, a great delegate um uh from out in the in the new river valley uh but listen it it, it basically lays out a whole series of, of crimes, including first-degree murder uh, and whatnot, that would um, definitely change it. So these victims aren't having to come back and testify on a regular basis. They're not having to re- relive um, literally every 12 months or having yeah. to go go through answer a questionnaire. And so I think, you know, we've always said we want to have a victim-first mindset,
0: mm-hmm. and so
3: we're proud of, proud of that, uh, making sure that the victims are always considered. And that was our problem with the previous parole board, they were making a host of decisions where they're not even consulting the victims. And so that's yeah. never been our mindset. I know this governor and ourselves; we always have, to have a victim-first, criminal last mindset.
2: Jason Meijer is the Attorney General of our uh, beloved commonwealth. Well, something else you're looking at uh, is this establishment, and I want to get the title right here, human trafficking response teams that would be operated or staffed by the local CAs. Is that is that uh, the way that would play out?
3: Yeah, I mean, the idea is they are oftentimes at the front line. I mean, I know as a former, you know, Congress attorney, you're dealing with victims. And it's almost yeah. a hard thing to get victims to be willing to um, testify and go on a witness stand in a room full of strangers and relive some of the worst moments of their life. It's also part of their healing. I mean, if mm-hmm. you talk to those that have been survivors of human trafficking, that's actually a way of empowerment. to feel like they're actually holding a person accountable. Um, but it basically, it requires, you know, a, a multidisciplinary human trafficking response team in the CA's office to discuss protocols and policies and listen, how are we going to deal with um, a trauma informed victim centered type of education around our human trafficking victims? What, what we have seen in the data has shown is that um, y- you have to recognize that those that have been to the trauma being the victim of a crime deal with it, responded uh, differently and um there are very unique i think best practices about getting a victim that sometimes if you're human being the victim of human trafficking, you don't recognize you're being trafficked but how to get them into a position where they recognize that testifying testifying against uh their traffickers a way of both of empowerment it's a way of healing uh and also uh, making sure they feel safe and i can't stress enough a person is not going to testify unless they feel like they're in a safe place to be able to testify and that's uh, you know, last year the governor put in the budget. We championed that a, a victim witness protection program, the first of its kind, modeled on the federal witness protection program, to really make sure that victims, not just human trafficking victims, so they can get to that safe space where they can they can feel comfortable testifying in a court of law.
2: Excellent, so excellent. Well, you know, these are all such great issues. And again, I, I thus far, I have not heard anything, perhaps uh, with the exception of the parole board issue. And, and we know, as as we've said, how that uh, shook out politically. Uh, that really ought to engender a lot of opposition. Now, Uh, far be it for me to predict what uh, folks who are in the House and the Senate might do. Uh, But this idea of dealing as an example with the
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date.
2: The opioid crisis is a huge one. You, you, you have the uh, the chair of the Opioid uh, Abatement Authority weighing in on that as well. And again, there seems to me, and I'm hoping that it's true, Jason, is that there seems to be a lot of area for for bipartisan work that really could make Virginia a much better, safer place.
3: Yeah, that's the hope, but I will say this. <laughs> I'm always mystified of what seems like the most common sense in the world uh, dies on party line votes. Last year, my friend uh, Nick Friedis is carrying the bill again, uh, marking the 7th day of November as Victims of Communism Day. Right. Uh, and basically requiring the Board of Education to include standards of learning for grades 6 through 12 on the most deadly political ideology in world history which is yeah. communism killed 100 million people in the 20th century most but if you look at polling of young people they have no idea that stalin killed three or four times more people than hitler they have no idea that this is an ideology that butchered 100 million people ranging from Cuba to Vietnam to China to Russia they have no idea that the hammer and sickle in my opinion should be as a revile uh, symbol as the swastika because it is Absolutely. it is a political ideology that replaced An idea with the dignity of the individual, and as C.S. Lewis noted, the worst, the worst tyrannies are always the tyrannies done for your own good. And uh, you know, communism is, I think, uh, a hideous ideology. And when you have, you know, fifty-one percent of young um, uh, generation uh, uh, Z's eighteen to twenty-nine say that they support socialism over free markets, you know, we have a problem. You know, we have a problem in our education, and a lot of young people. Uh, are very ignorant. And uh, I think that's important. That was a bill that died. You would think that, you know what, it is important. I think one of the first rules of education is producing good citizens for the Republic. Uh, Some of that is teaching them our history and our past. I'm always astonished at the number of young people that have no idea um, uh, even what the Cold War was, but why so many people died as well fleeing for freedom, would give up everything to get the freedom. And I think that's important. So Again, to back to your point, some things that seem like common sense—they—they—they they, um, they still die, and that's unfortunate.
2: Well, you know, you're talking about people who who fled their native lands for freedom. There's the I saw this wonderful photo of you with the Salvation Army. Do you mind sharing with everybody why this is so near and dear to you, and why you stood there ringing for the kettles with the Salvation Army?
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when my mother fled Cuba, she. Uh, she literally fled with nothing on the clothes of her back. And she first fled Cuba to Spain. And then um, you can tell I'm in Richmond because of all the uh, the uh, fire alarms. I mean, the, uh, the police uh, yeah. cruisers swinging by. But uh, but no, my, my mother, she came to the United States. She fled in the late fall of 1965, got to Spain, and then immigrated just a few months later to the United States and actually arrived in the country just a few days before Christmas. Wow. And her first clothes. Uh, she got out of a Salvation Army box um, uh, because she literally had nothing. And so um, it is a tradition uh, that we always support the Salvation Army. We thought it was a neat moment to go on the anniversary of her coming into this country just a few days before Christmas of of, uh, ringing the bell and asking for some charitable moments. Um, You know, Virginians and Americans are incredibly uh, giving people. There's not a group of people on the planet to give the amount of money to charity and the amount of volunteer hours, and so it was a great moment to get back. It was a sweet moment with my mom at the Christmas holiday season, and, and I appreciate you uh, uh, pointing it out. It was it was a neat moment. It was
2: it, it was. Uh, it, it was It was heartfelt, obviously, and I got news for you. I think it touched a lot of people, and and just your comments a couple of moments ago reminding everybody about uh, some of the threats to this nation uh, really are engendered in not educating our children about uh, what has come before them. There's a a mindset that says there was no history before I arrived, and that is probably the most dangerous one possible.
3: Mm, Yeah, there's a saying out in Oregon, you don't know how tall a tree is until after it's been cut down yeah and I pray they never say that about this country, but uh, i I think it goes back you know one of them um, uh, Plato said that the two most important questions for a civilization is who teaches the children and what do they teach them? And yeah. I think it's so important that our children are are taught and I mean I was taught to have such incredible gratitude as so many children of immigrants that come to this country, but yeah. um you know, she fled that ideology of communism that has infected so many different societies on every single continent on this planet, and is, um, you know, the United States has benefited uh, by those that are fleeing for freedom, uh, fleeing communism, but yep. goodness gracious is that it caused so much pain and heartache over the years in so many different places
2: in the world. No doubt. Jason, I appreciate you being here, my friend. I look forward to chatting again soon. I want to get you back. We'll try and check some some of these things off the list and uh, hopefully see them go in the W column, which is uh, where they they absolutely belong. Uh, We're always grateful for your time. We're truly grateful for uh, uh, what you do every single day on behalf of Virginians. We, We do appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it. God bless you.
2: Thank you, my friend. That is Jason Villares. He's the Attorney General of our beloved Commonwealth, and I'm telling you, he's doing some great work. It's it's amazing to see how impactful the Attorney General of this here Commonwealth can be. You look back during, I mean, I don't want to necessarily make it political, but you look back during the time when uh, Mark Herring was in office, we accomplished nothing in terms of making virginia safer in fact i would dare say we took steps backwards and backwards and backwards uh he had his own uber left wing political agenda and that's what he used that office for it was sad i mean it was really sad it was painful and now jason biaras who is uh, a proud american to be sure and someone who is concerned about public safety is in the office and doing the right things and uh, I'm just always happy when he can join us. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.